Y'all can have a seat. Hey, welcome. Uh, he is risen. This is so awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Some of y'all went to churches where you said that. We say it too here. Um, hey, I need all the kids to come up front with me. We're going to do Kid Town a little different, guys. Y'all can just have a seat on the steps, just wherever you want. Kanan, what's up, man? Yes. Hey, guys, come on up. It's good to see y'all. Yeah, come on. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, um, can somebody tell me, somebody raise a hand and tell me what we're celebrating today. What's today? Cash. Easter. Okay, tell me tell me what you know about Easter. Uh, you want to talk in there? Uh, that we get, that Jesus died on the cross for us. Can we get that on? Hello, hello. And that Jesus died on the cross for us. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Who else, anybody else got something on Easter? Feel what you got? That Jesus died on the cross for us. Yes. <laughs> Way to go, man. Walter. Um... Is it, I think that we celebrate that Jesus um, came in on a donkey and um, the, um, they called out Hosanna. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. We got, yeah, Canaan, what you got, man? Jesus rose from the dead. Yes. Come on. Mic drop. Jesus rose from the dead. <laughs> Anybody else got anything? Okay, I'm going to need some help. So I need, uh, let's see, I need three of our ladies. Three ladies first. You want to help me? Okay, come on down. Okay, who else we got? Yes. And yes. Come on. You come too, Millie. Let's do it. Okay. And yeah, just come on. Okay, so... Here's, and we need uh, one of our boys. We need one of our boys, Kanan, right there. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Can you guys look at me? This is really important. The first thing we're going to do is I want each of you to go out and find a grown-up and bring him back up front with you. And, hey, try not to get your parents. Get somebody that you think is going to do a really good job, okay? <laughs> All right, All right go walk through the aisle and find a grown-up and bring him back. Yeah, come on. You got picked. Let's go. <laughs> Brad Turner's trying to get out of getting picked. Come on, man. <laughs> okay, so Canaan, uh, you and Brad, go stand over there on the stage. Okay, buddy? Okay. Let's go. Way to go, guys. Who'd you pick? Corey, did you pick somebody? Who'd you pick? Okay. Awesome. Okay. All right. And so, um, hey, ladies and the people that you picked, if you guys would come stand on the stage over here. Okay, you guys, ladies and their people, come over on this side. We're going to, and then I need, uh, I need a grown-up who's got a, a Bible handy. 
Who we got? Somebody around here? Come on. Holland, come on up. Holland, if you will be um, our narrator in just a second. We're going to be in um, Mark 16, 1 through 8. Okay, so in this story, we've got some people are experiencing some emotions, okay? So I want everybody can do this, but especially the, the adults and their kids. Um, okay, I want everybody to show me surprised. When you're really surprised, what does that look like? <laughs> okay. <laughs> show me. Okay, you ready for the next one? Show me like really afraid. <laughs> That's good. Okay, show me. Um, you guys know what the word shocked means? Anybody? Anybody know? Yes. It's basically like surprised, kind of. Yeah, and something I. Th you're right. And something I think about with shocked is like you're just frozen, like you can't move. Okay, show me shocked. <laughs> okay, you guys are good. Okay, and our last one, <laughs> show me, what, somebody tell me what overjoyed means. Yeah, kiss. Really, really excited. Really excited. Somebody show me overjoyed. Everybody show me overjoyed. Yes! Okay, awesome. Okay, so... Holland is going to read our story for us, and what we're going to do, actually, if you guys who are sitting here, if you want to come sit here so you can watch, because we're about to have a performance. Okay, so Canaan and Brad are the angel, okay? Hey, Brad, pay attention, man. That's important. <laughs> so, hey, you guys slide over next to the speaker. You, you guys are going to play the part of the angel, okay? The young man in the tomb, Okay. And all of y'all here, sorry, are going to be the ladies who go see Jesus in the tomb, okay? So whatever you hear in the story, you have to act it out. But that's the tomb over there, okay? All right, here we go. And action. When the, sab sorry. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. <laughs> and they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for, for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. <laughs> and he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. <laughs> but go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. And they went out and fled from the tomb, for trembling and astonishment had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. <laughs> yes. hey. Woo! 
Hey, you guys did an awesome job. That was so awesome. Um, and y'all are great sports. Thanks for letting me pull you up there. Uh, y'all can come have a seat. So I want to ask our kids this question. What, uh, thank you, Han. So if you're thinking about that story, if you're somebody who is following Jesus and you went to the tomb and he wasn't there, like, how do you think you'd feel about all this? We don't know. Yeah, Walter, what do you got? Testing, testing, one, two, three. <laughs> I would be feeling very, 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 very confused. Yes. Yeah, I think I would too. Anybody else? How would you feel? Yeah, Cash? Very, 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 very scared. Very scared. Yeah. Well, hey, here's the good news. We're about to hear more about the story, but um, even when we're scared and when we're very confused, um, it doesn't change the fact that Jesus is doing everything to take care of us, right? And so we can always trust him even when we're very, 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 very confused or very, very scared. So, hey, thank you all for coming up and, and being a part of this. What I want to do now is, um, you know how we say he is risen? Okay, we're going to do a thing. We call it pass the peace at church, but we're going we're gonna to go, and you guys are going to start here with the good news that Jesus is risen. And you can say Jesus is risen, or you can say Jesus is alive, but I want you guys to go start telling all the grown-ups that, and then you can go have a seat, okay? All right, go tell them. And then grown-ups, when you hear it, you tell somebody else. And then greet each other. Okay, hey, y'all can have a seat. Hello, hello. Yeah, that's all. That's all, you that's all. Yeah, yeah. So we'll just, if you'll just turn me on and throw that up, and then we'll, that's all we need. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to ruin the Easter spread, you know. All right, hey, y'all. Hey, y'all. Go ahead and have a seat. We're going to keep rolling. As y'all are having a seat, uh, the only announcement we have today on Easter Sunday is um, our spring party coming up on the 22nd. Uh, yes, and we're, we're announcing that today because this is very related. I mean, we're celebrating the fact that we have a risen Lord, and uh, it's good to celebrate, and it's good to celebrate that together and be encouraged. Um, so if you haven't already, we'd love to have you there, um, even if you know not a soul at Midtown West. That's kind of why we're doing this is so that we can all get to know each other and keep building our relationships because we believe that this is not just a place where a bunch of people who kind of agree on what's happening just happen to show up but 
the Lord is building a specific community of people that he wants for his purposes in this place. So um, this is just going to be a really good time. We're just going to hang out, have some fires, have some drinks and some music and just be outside enjoying being together. So um, one thing we would love, though, is if you would register, you can do that online or you can scan the code right now. Um, if, if there's an over 50% chance that you're going to be there, let us know because we just want to make sure we've got enough for everybody. Okay. All right. So with that, uh, we're going to continue with worship. I'm going to pray for us. And we are going to be in Mark 16, 1 through 8 that we just heard and saw. Father, we are in awe. Uh, we are in awe of you and your plan and your love. And um, who would have ever imagined uh, that the God of the universe would come and, and take on flesh and take our sins upon himself so that we could have life? And uh, Lord, we are, we are truly in awe. We, we don't really fully grasp or even maybe a fraction uh, grasp the, the truth of that, the reality for us, Lord. And we need your Holy Spirit to uh, continue to unpack that for us in our weakness. We need your Holy Spirit to uh, continue to work this truth deep, deeper and deeper and deeper into our hearts and lives. So this uh, Resurrection Sunday, Lord, we pray that you would do that. Um, come and speak to us. Uh, come and continue to speak to us as you are so kind to do, and uh, you promise us that you will not leave us unchanged. And so, uh, Lord, we thank you for keeping your promise. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so um, this passage, we're just going to jump right in. Um, these three women who come to the tomb, they love Jesus deeply. Um, they, they had witnessed everything. They had witnessed the, the crucifixion. They had witnessed Jesus being buried. Um, they had even helped with that process. And they saw the, the tomb sealed up. If, if you're not familiar, um, this tomb was like hewn out. I use the word hewn um, there. It's hewn out in a cave, and there's like a, uh, a ruts for a, a very large boulder to go, and they've like made a, a place for that so it sits down, so it's going to like roll down and keep it sealed, um, and they seal it up. And so these women had seen all of that, and uh, they, were, they were coming on this the third day. They were coming the day after the Sabbath, with these anointing spices that they had bought to anoint Jesus. So they were coming expecting to find a very dead Jesus in the tomb. And uh, so I just want to start here. If you are somebody who's here today and you are very skeptical of everything that we're talking about, you're in good company because even Jesus's closest followers uh, were as skeptical, if not more, as you. Uh, because you can see at this point that um, these three precious women were the only of his followers who were even coming to, to expect to find anything. <laughs> they were coming to find a dead Jesus in a tomb, but uh, the rest of the followers were nowhere to be found. And so, um, so these women come uh, to see this Jesus who had been, uh, whose life and love and teaching had marked them. And uh, even though it didn't make sense, uh, even though it seemed like everything that he had just said was, was no longer a possibility, they couldn't argue with who he was and what they had experienced with him and how he had marked their life. And so they're still coming in this very act, this uh, precious act of like deep devotion to come and anoint his dead body. And I, I want to stop here and just recognize that for these women, for all the disciples, um, Jesus told his disciples, his followers, many, many times, uh, 
exactly what was going to happen. And things happened exactly the way that he said they were going to happen. So in Mark's gospel account, which is where we are today, Mark's gospel is very sparse. Um, there is uh, not a lot of extraneous words. It's the shortest of the gospels. And so when Mark says something, uh, we need to pay attention. And Mark, in fact, says three times in a row in chapter 8, chapter 9, and chapter 10, he details Jesus telling his followers exactly what's going to happen. And so if we see that three times written, we know that he said that many, many times, not just three times. And, and this is from Mark 10, essentially what he said as he was teaching his disciples about what was going to happen. He said, see, we are going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn, condemn him to death, deliver him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise. So why weren't the disciples running to the tomb with these women on the third day? Because they are very weak and very frail, just like us. Uh, because resurrection runs counter to everything that we experience in this world. We cannot process it. The human mind cannot fathom it. Um, and think about this. Even when... A human mind is prepared as perfectly as possible for this scenario, which they were. They were told many, many times by a perfect Jesus exactly what was going to happen, and things happened exactly according to what he said. They still could not fathom it. And so uh, the thing happening itself, the circumstances themselves are not enough. They needed uh, special revelation to help them because... They are so weak, and so do we. Um, these women get to the tomb in verse 4, where they had seen Jesus buried and sealed up, and now the stone is rolled away. And instead of Jesus' body, they are greeted by an angelic being, a young man dressed in white. And we'll, we'll talk about the significance of uh, that description in a minute. But they, as you can imagine, were alarmed. They were in shock. They were in awe. They, they go to expect to find what you always find when you go to a tomb where someone has been dead for three days. And when they get there and the stone is rolled away, this angelic messenger is there. Um, it says they are alarmed, and he says, don't be alarmed. I'm like, wow, man, that's pretty harsh. Like, you want to give them a little slack here in this situation? But essentially what he's saying is, why, why would you be shocked? Why would you be shocked at what you're finding right now? This makes perfect sense. You are, you are here looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified, just like he said, and now he's not here, just like he said. Why would you expect to find him here? Remember what he told you. And it's all, I, I like to think about it at that moment um, when he's saying, don't be alarmed Jesus is not here just like he told you. They're like slowly moving their bottles of anointing spices behind him. Like, yeah, we know. We know he's not here. <laughs> That's a, we're just coming to see and make sure. Um, but if you think about what the angel said, his statements are really a beautiful summary of the good news of uh, God's love for us in Jesus. Do not be alarmed. Life is alarming. There's evil in me that I bump up against every day. There's evil in you that I bump up against every day. There's evil out there in the world. There's decay. There's death. There's loss. There's despair. Um, life is alarming. 
And whether we know it or not, in our alarm, uh, it's just as the angel says, what, what I'm really searching for, when I get up and get ready for my day and I organize my life around something that I think is going to give me life, what I'm really looking for, I'm seeking Jesus of Nazareth. In my alarm, I'm seeking Jesus of Nazareth, and he was crucified. Um, he died in my place. He died in your place because we deserve uh, God's cosmic justice coming down upon our heads because we are rebels against him and all of his beautiful created order. We have desired to be God, and we have decided that we are going to go and find life on our own terms in our own way, and this God has put on flesh, and he was crucified in our place, but he's risen. He's not there. He is not in the tomb. God the Father has raised God the Son from death to new life, never to die again. And his sacrifice on our behalf uh, is like a huge uh, paid in full stamp on our sin, on all of God's people for all of human history. And now he is living and active in the world and in your life to give you himself, which is resurrection life. That is the good news of God. That's what all of this is telling us. That is the entire contents of this. We are alarmed. We are desperately searching for Jesus of Nazareth, and he has come, he has been crucified, and he has risen, and he is alive, and he is working, and he is drawing you and I to himself to give us life. That is the good news of the gospel. This is what um, St. Augustine said about what transpired this weekend. In himself, Jesus put an end to what we feared, death. He took it upon himself and vanquished it. Like a mighty hunter, he captured and slayed the lion. Where is death? Look for it in Christ. It did exist, but now it's dead. Yeah, <laughs> that's amen worthy. <laughs> yeah, this, this lion, this, this alarm, this fear that we have, um, our sin, our shame, our guilt, all of the pain that we experience from all of the sin in the world, ultimately in death, because we know that apart from Jesus, it is death apart from God. It is cosmic justice coming down on our heads. That lion is always prowling, is always causing us to live in fear and terror. And Jesus has slain this lion by being slain for us. And so now when we look for death, where is it? I can't see it, but Augustine is saying, why don't you go look over to where Jesus is? You're not going to find it, but that's where it went. He destroyed it. It's like what Jesus said to Martha. Um, if you're not familiar, Jesus had these dear friends, these two sisters and a brother um, on, in his earthly ministry in this uh, village of Bethany. And um, Lazarus, their brother, died. And he was dead for four days. And Jesus is talking to one of his sisters when he goes to to see him as all these people were mourning him. And Jesus says this to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Jesus is saying, look, <laughs> the enemy has twisted things around 
to where you are fearing this physical death. Well, physical death is coming for everyone, but there's a second death. There's a spiritual death. There's a death of a soul uh, that is eternal and is, is far more uh, terrifying than physical death because of its infinite implications for your existence. And Jesus is telling Martha and he's telling us, um, you really don't have to be afraid anymore of physical death. Like, how amazing is that for somebody? That's audacious, right? It's about the most audacious thing you could say. You don't really have to be afraid of that anymore. In fact, Jesus talks about physical death. Another term that he uses to speak of physical death is falling asleep. Hey, don't worry about it. He just fell asleep. What? And Jesus is saying, I mean, that should be a deep encouragement because it's painful and scary as death is. This one who has tasted death for us on all levels is coming to us and saying, you know what? You don't have to be afraid of that at all because of what I have done on your behalf. And what I've done on your behalf means that even though you die, you'll live. There is a life that you were made for, that you were trying to get here and now. You're not going to find it here and now. But it's coming, and I've secured it for you, and you're going to come with me and enjoy what you were made for for all eternity. And I love this, that it's not just the angel's words in this passage that communicate this good news. It's his very existence. Because what does it say? What, how does it describe this angel? Somebody tell me. Young man. Why is that significant? Because that angel is ages and ages old. He is ancient, and he is a young man because he lives in the presence of the living God who is life and health and flourishing. And he is a preview of what is to come for everyone who is in Christ. He was <laughs> the most ancient young man <laughs> that anyone's ever seen. It makes me think of John Mark McMillan, one of my favorite lyricists, has a song, and he says, God is young. Maybe we're the ones that grow old. You know, we imagine God as this cosmic grandfather who's like just on his last leg. Um, that's not who God is. So this, this very young old man uh, has a message for these precious women and what to do from here. And he says, but go tell Jesus' disciples and Peter... I want to stop here at those two words, and Peter. This is really good news. Because uh, if you're not familiar with the story, um, Peter just swore up and down that he was going to be with Jesus to the very end. Jesus, you can count on me. Even when all these other fools disappear, I'm going to be here. And Jesus said, I love you. No, you're not. You're going to disown me three times this very night. And he did. And then Peter wept bitterly. And so this message, think about this, God commissioned this angel to specifically say, you tell them to go tell the disciples, and you mention Peter. You say, and Peter. Why? Because this Peter, who thought he was forever disqualified from Jesus' love, this Peter whose pride exploded in his face, leaving him covered in shame, uh, this Peter was going to hear the message, apart from those two words, he was going to hear the message 
for all the disciples, and he was going to disqualify himself. He was going to say, yeah, man, maybe for them, they still have a shot, but um, surely this isn't for me anymore because of what I've done. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. You tell them and Peter. You tell Peter that everything is going to be okay, and you tell Peter that he is going to be okay because it is not about Peter. It is not about me. It is not about you. You tell the disciples and Matt that I'm going to meet them, that I'm going to be with them. That's the gospel. Is what, Whatever I think that is going to disqualify me from God's love, it doesn't. Whatever, however many times I've heard this message and still run the other way, that doesn't disqualify me or you from the love of God that is firmly fixed forever in Jesus Christ for you, for all eternity. Everything that is accomplished on the cross is sufficient for anything you can ever do, have ever done, will ever say, think, or do. As, as unfathomably wicked as it might be, it does not disqualify you from the love of God in Jesus Christ. So you go tell the disciples and Peter, what are we going to tell them? That Jesus is going before them all to Galilee, just as he told you. And I'm thinking the angel's like, okay, remember he told you this too. Can we like believe now for the first time? We're going to have to keep coming back. Like Jesus told you all this stuff was going to happen. No, I think he was, he was full of patience. Um, but in Mark 14, Jesus said, you will all fall away for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, the sheep will be scattered, but after I'm raised up, I will go before you into Galilee, I will be with you again, and I will tell you what you need to know at that point. And so, uh, to Galilee, the chapter, the next chapter of the grand story, the adventure continues in Galilee. Uh, they were going to wait, they were going to meet with Jesus there and see where they needed to go from there. And the same is true for us. The adventure continues for us here in Nashville in 2022. Uh, this story has continued on through the ages, and now it has come to us. And now Jesus is, is going before us. How amazing is that? The same Jesus is going before us where he is calling us, both as this congregation and each of us individually in our lives. He's going before us. And... Uh, that's amazing. That's wonderful. And we could end on this like grand, like battle cry into the adventure, but we don't. We, that's verse seven. We end in verse eight. And verse eight says this. And they went out and fled from the tomb for trembling and astonishment had seized them. They said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. He's like, hey, don't be afraid. Good news. Just sorted it all out. Got it? And then they are terrified and run away scared. And, and what's happening here? What's happening here is, uh, is what a, an old theologian said. Um, said, our, our Lord and Redeemer revealed the glory of his resurrection to his disciples gradually and over a period of time. Undoubtedly, because so great was the virtue of the miracle of the resurrection that the weak hearts of mortals could not grasp this all at once. And I can tell you from my own life that that is true. <laughs> um, I can say that's true of me, that, um, and it will continue to be true of me because this is so amazing. We cannot grasp this all at once. And so Mark's gospel ends on, on this emphatic double point 
of the power and awesomeness of God and the weakness and frailty of humanity. And that is really good news because he is saying, yes, the adventure continues. Yes, you are my disciples. Yes, I'm calling you into the world to go and make me known wherever I have placed you. But know this, you will still be afraid. You will still be confused. And you do not have to worry about any of that because the power for all of this resurrection life that is spreading out throughout all of creation is in me, not in you. You are weak. I am strong. My power is made perfect in weakness. So go <laughs> and know that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for um, inviting us to not hide or pretend or try to conquer our weakness and frailty and fear and confusion, but to just come as we are to you and with you and with each other to experience the resurrection life that you, you have accomplished for us. And so, Lord, uh, enable us more and more to grasp the awesomeness of the resurrection uh, as we continue to worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.